Welcome to It's Like This. My name is Laura Seifert, and I'm an author, a teacher, a speaker, but really I'm just an everyday woman who's looking to find God in everyday life. Throughout the Bible, Jesus would take profound truths like the kingdom of God. What is that? What does that even mean? And he would make these big truths accessible and understandable. And he did it by giving examples and saying things like, well, it's like this. It's like a mustard seed. And when you plant it, it grows and it blooms and it provides shade. And why would he say that? Because he's speaking to people that are farmers. So instantly it makes sense to them and they can get their minds around it. Other people would say, God, he's like a shepherd and he cares for his sheep like a good shepherd would. And that was coming from David, who was a shepherd himself. So where do we find God today? Because I'm not a shepherd and I'm not a farmer. You might be. But where do I find him? Can I find him in the grocery store aisle, my least favorite errand to run? You better believe it. Can I find him around a dinner table with a good meal and great conversation? Absolutely. So join me each week for fun conversations about finding God even when we aren't looking for him. It's like this. Welcome, guys. I'm so glad you're with us today. I'm super pumped about my guest, Courtney Garrett. Courtney and I go way back. We've been friends for 15 years, maybe. More, Let's I just tack on. Let's more. say 25. Mm, <laughs> somewhere in there. Uh, we've been think, friends since we were five. Well, I, let's see, I moved here like, almost 18 years ago so I mean it was yeah sh- I moved here that. maybe maybe it was maybe 15 15 16 years that we've known each other I think we've loved each other that long Courtney tell us who you are tell us we do a lot of the same thing and we're in a lot of the same worlds but tell us about it yeah so I am married to John who I love so much he's that's good amazing. to add yeah. yeah amazing it's marital bliss oh, all the time but <laughs> he truly he was worth waiting for yeah we're talk about that but um, great husband and super dad. So we have two boys, Jack and Camp. Jack is 12. Camp is seven. And so um, that's my family. And we've been in Houston since we got married, 17 years, almost 17 years ago. And I am mostly a runaround mom, yeah. um, part-time homeschooler. And then I have a ministry called 101 Christianity. And um which seeks to provide basic resources for people to strengthen and share their faith. So our kind of our tagline is know the truth, share the truth. And That's so good. we don't want to just know things. We want to be able to share them mm-hmm. um, as believers. And so uh, really my greatest passion is to see believers equipped to uh, confidently and clearly share their faith. Yeah. And so that's parents with kids. That's friends with each other. That's outreach in your neighborhood. That's, co-workers, um, any and everybody. So I think that's my main emphasis is equipping believers to share. Which I love, and we'll have you back and just talk about that some other time. But what I do love about 101 Christianity is it's just that. It's 101. I think for a lot of us, we've we've been in Bible studies. We've had personal experiences and encounters with God. Our faith is our own, perhaps. But when asked about it, we either freeze up or we can't seem to articulate or get into words, just some basic biblical truths that could help someone else. I can share my story, but I think it's also important to be able to share what does scripture say about these things? And you, you've you really, in some ways, stripped it down to yeah. a 101 basic, but profound. It's not basic as in elementary, but it's right. basic in the sense of it's not too much to take in. It's a great tool. Well, thank you. And we'll tag how to get in touch with you and all of that on yeah. At, um, our show notes. Do we have show notes? I don't know. <laughs> you sound really profesh. <laughs> I've heard other podcasters say show notes. So <laughs> we'll put it all down. In the show hey, notes. it'll be down. down. Click in the bio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's who Courtney is. Courtney and I met, um, you were leading women's ministry at Grace Bible Church. Yeah. But one of the things that tied us together at the time we met, y- you were still single. Right. We, well, did you meet no, John? Newly married. I, I met him. We met when we. I lived in Dallas, but I think I was newly married. But we were in the thick of infertility when we met. Okay, so we share a couple of big waiting seasons mm-hmm. in common, which is really what we're talking about today. Is when you discover God in the waiting, and you were not looking at, you weren't necessarily looking for Him because what you're looking at is the thing you're wanting Your to have happen. Yeah, yeah, and you're thinking. This is what I'm fixated on is I want to get married. I want to meet the right husband and I want to have babies. That was true for me. 
And I will tell you, I went to Texas A&M. Courtney went to UT. I think, did you try to get into A&M? And they, it's okay. <laughs> I got rejected. <laughs> that was no. back when we <clears throat> applied to one call. I mean, did yes. you apply anywhere right. else? No. Oh, I didn't either. Didn't even have the thought that I no, would apply somewhere me either. else. Now there's all these like college tours. Like, what is that? Yeah, we didn't do that. And, I was just like, and coaches, <laughs> coaches oh. to write your essays. And I didn't oh, have any of that. And you pay them a gazillion dollars. Uh, yeah. Mm-mm. That was, Ugh. yeah, We this was back in the dark. I ages. remember getting rejected from A&M the first go-round, and I was like, oh, no, uh-uh. My dad went there. My granddad went there. I have a funny story also I'm about coming. how I got on that deferred, like, you know, you have to come in summer school, and I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Didn't and either. I just kept on badgering, and I've got a funny story about how they let me in. But Same a, here. It was a camp friend connection. I'll just say that. Mine was three old Aggies that were friends with my dad wrote letters connection. And did Catherine and I, my twin sister, get in? Yeah. Did we get the dorm we wanted? You bet. Yes. Did we room together? Because mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it is kind of about... It's a little political. Those, not those anymore. Now, listen, they would laugh at me and say, girl, Lynn's not even taking you. Move on. <laughs> All right. No, that's a problem. Okay, anyway. But on. one of the things that was true about the culture at A&M was you, we even joked about it at that time, we, you were going for your MRS degree. Mm-hmm. Mrs. And so the group, I hung out with Christian friends and we were unhealthily, I will say, fixated on getting married. And so it was a hard thing. We, I loved college. I loved my years there. I loved my roommates. We had great friend groups, but that was always in the back of my mind, especially with every Judd, Winona Judd song of Why Not Me. <laughs> When I listened to her on the radio, I thought, why not me? Yeah, right. I'm so cute. Right. And, and funny. You'd, and- right. And I'd see all these sorority girls having their ring. It was not their Aggie ring celebration. It was their engagement ring like celebration. A ring drop? Is a that, ring drop. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I wasn't in a sorority, I, but I'd see them. I, is that, I can't remember. And hear about it. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if you felt this way, Courtney, but when I graduated and not only was I not engaged, but didn't have a boyfriend, didn't have one on the horizon, yep. I felt in some ways maybe that I had failed, but really it was more that God had failed. God oh, had failed me. Because he had promised you that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he knew he promised me that, but I knew he promised me that. Did you feel any of that pressure in college? Um, I, so at UT, it back then, it it was different in the fact that it was a big dating culture in the sense of like you had a date to every game, which is pretty. Yeah, we did that at A&M. At, at, for every game. Like you didn't go if you didn't have a date. Yeah, so I didn't go my whole senior year. I don't think. <laughs> but see, I felt like it. You t- Maybe I mean, it at, wasn't at, as big. See, at A&M, I felt like some of my friends had a little more of a healthy, like when as a group, like there yes, were some girls we did that. and some guys, yeah. but you didn't have to have to have a date. No, that's like, true. This, that it is was true. like sh- you just stayed home if you didn't have a date to a game. At you UT. walked the halls of shame, which were your home. You just stayed in your dorm. You didn't want anybody to see you. I mean, you're just like, mm. but anyway, but there was always people setting you up. So most of the time it was, you know, because everybody needed a date to go. So, I mean, most of the time, but I, I don't think, yes, there were some girls who got engaged before they left. But even in my mind back then, I thought, I don't, I'm not wanting to get married right now. Uh-huh. I didn't have that. I was like, I've got things to do, places to go, people to see. I, I was pretty content nice. to get on with some things that I wanted to do. Um, but then I thought, you know, by the time 27, I thought 27. Yeah, I good, see, I thought good. 24. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, so yeah, we had so, the same just a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, 24. And I thought, so then, so we both graduated mm-hmm. unmarried. Mm-hmm. What did you do right after you graduated? So I had actually transferred to Dallas. It's kind of a longer story, but to pursue um, a degree in dental hygiene because well, you my, have very pretty teeth. You well, can see on the video if you're watching. Thank you. My dad was a dentist and I did not know what I wanted to do when I went to college. Like I, I, I had no idea. And what happened was I was getting concerned. Like I need to be able to make a living. I want to graduate. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to prolong and just uh-huh. stay here wondering. So I have a very practical side to my brain and thinking, okay, let me have something I can do as soon as I graduate and then figure out really what I'm passionate about Smart. later because yeah. I need, I'll, I'll be working, you know, working yeah. while I figure that out. So I had transferred to Dallas to go to dental hygiene school. So I finished at, in, at Baylor Dental School in, in Dallas and then just started working. So I was working in Dallas single, just, you know, doing that. Yeah. 
Well, I graduated and didn't have same, didn't know what I was going to do, knew I had to pay the bills. Yeah. A friend of mine was working at United Way and said, give me your resume. And I said, okay, first show me how to make a resume. Yeah, right. And she did that. And then I, so that was my first job. And I said, Lord, I'll go anywhere but Houston. Please don't send me to Houston. And that's where I ended up and ended up loving Houston. Mm -hmm. But I, like you, I thought, well, let me just get out here. And I mean, I didn't have a choice. And so I got out and started working, lived with some roommates and really loved it. Had a great time in my single years, but kept thinking, well, next year I'll meet him. Mm-hmm. Next year, mm-hmm. okay. Well, or well, next this, year, ne- this next day, yeah, this next blind date set up. Surely mm-hmm. he's the one. But and, to, and if you did that very much, I have so many stories. Well, I dated every coworker there was to date. I think too, <laughs> and I just remember thinking, I know I, I my gut, I knew I'm not going to marry this guy. Mm-hmm. But the clock is ticking. I felt like the clock was ticking. Did you feel that way? Yeah, I did. I did. I had I had some kind of unusual situations because I had. I worked for a little bit and then I lived abroad for a year and then I came back and I was a nanny for a family that had lost their mother to cancer. Oh, wow. And there were four girls that I was taking care of. So I was in the thick of that. But then when that fa- that stage ended, when I finished that, mm-hmm. then I was like really ready. I was like, okay, Lord, now it would be good. And so I was... And what age was that? That was like 27, 28. Uh-huh. And so that's when I was like... Uh, you know, going on a lot of setups, yeah, lots of blind dates and lots, of, and it was just oh, dating discouraging. Yeah, you know, you know, pretty you, soon mm-hmm. into you, you kind of just want to, you know, after the first fifteen minutes, you're kind of like, you know what, I, I think I, I don't see it. Do you? Yeah, right. That's what you want to say, but of course that doesn't. Well, you don't want them to say no. You want I wanted them to say yes. I do see it, <laughs> and then I could say, well, I don't know that I see it. <laughs> I, no, I'm breaking they, up with you. Yeah, you're not breaking right, up with no. me. No, listen, I'll call you. You don't call me. Um, but I do remember um, feeling like the tension I was holding because I moved from United Way and started working for a big consulting firm, and it mm-hmm. was super fun because everyone was my age, big pool of twenty somethings. Yeah, very few of us were married, so we were fun. always doing happy hour. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. But the tension that I was now holding is I knew I was walking with the Lord, and I knew this was going to be. For the rest of my life. Yeah. I knew I was a believer. I was not leaving my faith. This was critical. Most of the folks I was dating and with that was not a value that was high on their list. Yeah. And so that became a whole nother issue for me is like, okay, there's guys to date, but to find a guy that, that you really think you're going to saddle up with, that became harder. And then I don't know if you experienced this. Then I found a church and then the singles group within that church those were a different type of pickings. And that was not, uh, these guys over at the working world were more fun than these guys. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, well, the Christian guys are not, they're not attractive, not a slam on all Christian guys. This was just the small pool of maybe three that were coming to a Christian, to a church single adults group. I was like, this is not really where it's at. But over here, I don't want to try and convert him and he's not a project. And you know that that's not going to go well. Right. I... I had the same experience. However, what happened was there was this awesome um, kind of post-college because, you know, you were like, not singles ministry, but it was was (laughs) post-college. It sounded better, you know? Young adults. Um, Yes, right. Um, Young professionals. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) There's something about the singles thing. It does just sort of make you just feel labeled. Labeled. It's a right. And it just gives gives you the. You want to shrug it off. I know. It just feels cheesy. And so that um, that Sunday school class was huge and so fun. That's good. I was in that for a while. I didn't find that class. Well, and it was Todd Wagner who was the pastor of before he Uh became pastor of Watermark. Uh He led that. Uh And it was it was just great teaching, great people, genuine, cool, fun Christian people, yeah, and um, guys and girls. And so there was there was a lot of inter inter dating in that. Um, but what happened was, I kind of grew um, it, more in my faith and was looking for, um, and I ended up moving churches. And then that's when I was like reluctantly attending the singles class. And, but I will tell you, it ended up being the biggest blessing in my, in my single years uh-huh. by far, because there was something about the people in that group that were sold out for Jesus. They were fun people. We traveled together. We did a mission trip together to Peru. 
we it was just a special oh time. that's wonderful and so i would say to people that are in yeah. that in that boat you know be open to what the lord has just because you kind of get the willies thinking oh my gosh i'm going to go into that singles class the lord could have something really amazing mm-hmm. for you it's a death to self and your pride mm-hmm. because when you're in a season that you didn't think you would be in you kind of have to come to grips with the reality of this is where i am lord yeah you see me yeah. And if this is your provision, I want to walk into this and uh-huh. I want to I want to I want to be open and not tell you how to do your job. This may not be a good fit. I don't know, but friendship is certainly part of God's design right. in your single years yeah. because that is how God showed up in such huge ways yeah. when I was single. Yeah. Through friendship. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I was quite that mature when I was in my 20s. <laughs> but I was older. I, I remember d- I was a little bit older. <laughs> I wanted to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And God did use those folks that were some were believers, some were not. Variety of of faith walks and belief systems, which rattled my little bubble that I'd come out of at A and M. But I developed some great friendships there too. And what it did do is it kind of led me into a crisis of faith in the sense of what do I really believe? Yes, because I could date any of these guys. They're going to be successful. They're they're smart. They're funny. They're good guys. But at the end of the day, God allowed that to show me, no, you're really called to me. Mm-hmm. You're mine. And mm-hmm. we're going to walk and we're going to do this life together. And so that's going to be hard if you are saddled up next to someone who does not believe that way or that's not a value. That will be a constant source of tension mm-hmm. or resistance. And I just knew that wasn't going to work for me. So it, God did use it in a way. Um, tell me, so both of us got to, I remember getting to the age of 27 thinking, I cannot believe that I'm 27. Now I think culturally 27 is young. Totally young. I totally agree. Yeah. So some people may not be, but I will tell you in our day and age, back in the stone age, 27 felt like, well, I'm going to start collecting cats. Yes. Like I'm going to move in with my sister. Yep. And we're going to wear elastic waist pants. For comfort. Yep. (laughs) And we may have some lace collars attached to it. Like, um, (laughs) um, who is totally Kate this. McKinnon and um, Kristen Wiig on Saturday Night Live when they do the skits with the cats. Just the awkward, strange, that's kind of how yeah. I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, tell me about that waiting season for you because you got married when you were? 33. 33. I got married when I was 30. And so we took our whole decade of 20s, you a little bit into your 30s. Mm-hmm. And that was a season that we did not expect. Right. Would you agree? Right. Yeah. So could you sum up for me, what was the hardest part about waiting for a husband in that season? I I think it's just the not knowing. Yeah. Because if if the Lord, I mean, there were times when I thought the Lord may call me to singleness. And if that's the case, I just want to know it. Um, And it's just, it's so, it seems so dumb to say that because we, but the truth is at the crux of almost all of the challenges God puts before us in this life. It's the not knowing that gets us. Mm-hmm. It's the not knowing sure is. Um, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's called faith. Yep. The evidence of things not yep. seen. You know, it's, you don't know. And so therein lies the tension. Like there's a trust involved and you have to truly believe in in that in the goodness that of God. That he's good. That's that right. That he is good. And good means he gets to define what's mm-hmm. good. Good does not mean I get to get from him what I, what I want. think mm-hmm. I want. Um, and if we really cling to Philippians 419, that, that he promises that he's going to, you know, he'll supply all our needs according to his glorious mm-hmm. riches in Christ Jesus. That means today I don't need this. Right. I've, he's given me he would everything, have provided it. Uh-huh. everything for life and godliness. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just the not knowing the tension there. Yeah. Um, how's this going to work out? I don't know. You know, in the reminder, you're like, well, I could just get on with my life if I knew. Yeah. Just tell me one way or the other, yeah. because with the not knowing, it feels like there's something hanging in the balance and you can't really fully engage in the present wondering if this is going to happen or not. I think the hardest thing for me in that season of waiting may have, I don't know if it was the not knowing as much as wrestling with, I was coming face to face with the reality that God was not going to jump through my hoops. Mm. And so the disappointment of unmet expectation, the expectation for me was I will be married by this time, you know, at age, and 24 wasn't the magic number. It was just a season of life. I just didn't want to wait longer. 
And so it was this unmet expectation of, well, of course I'll get married. I mean, I wanted to go to A&M, so I went to A&M. I, if I wanted to date, I dated. I just didn't have a lot of experience with, oh, I've surrendered my life to God, and now he calls the shots. Oh. So that was a real rub for me. And I had to really come face to face with, are you good? Are you not good? Do I trust you fully or not? I remember Disappointment with God mm-hmm. by Philip Yancey was a book that was a saving grace in my life during that time That's because right. I really battled disappointment more than I even would have cared to admit or expected. Well, and there's a there's idolatry there, yeah. right? And there's also this subtle... Um, work- what do you mean by idolatry? Well, Explain that. Well, idolatry in the sense of like that we're all bowing down to the idol that marriage can be and what we expect it to be and the fact that mm-hmm. I actually God owes me because yeah, I've been right. I've been faithful. So there's like a workspace mm-hmm. thing attached to the idolatry. Mm-hmm. And so um because I've been a good girl. Yeah. I've been a good Christian girl and I and I do you know And Lord, I think I'm pretty cute. Yes, like, right. Yeah. There's exactly. I've, I'm funny. Listen, I can't cook but I can make up for it in humor. Why wouldn't someone Lord, why wouldn't you like say Present me to someone and say you're welcome. <laughs> it's so true. That may have been the issue. But the, but the funny thing, too, is I do remember, uh, it's kind of coming back, how I felt also that I could, uh, there was nothing I could do to make some guy like me. Yeah, like, you know, so you know what I'm saying. Like, yes. like, there's only so much I can change about myself. I could get my hair done different. <laughs> I could try to tone up. I could, you know, get a little more. I had a thigh master. <laughs> I had it. I had it. I literally we bought just it. Didn't use it. <laughs> but the truth is that I thought that that was actually a spiritual, um, re, re, like kind of relinquishing, mm-hmm. in the sense of this is actually freeing. I can't make anybody think I'm great. You know. Yeah. It's going to have to be the Lord directing the heart of a man to to desire. And directing your heart to desire him. At the, and that's where it's like, oh, we've got a both kind of. Yeah, because we both dated. I oh, dated yeah. a lot in my yeah. 20s. Yeah, me I too. just was like, dang, this isn't the one. I knew it wasn't the one. And, and so. Yeah, nothing lasted longer than three months for me. Oh, though. see, I, I had two long term. Yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. That was hard because I knew, I, my gut, this isn't. You kind of held on. Yeah, I held on because I was more afraid of being alone. I think that's a big issue, though, for women is the fear of being alone. Yeah. And and not actually believing God's going to meet you there. Yeah. In that alone, you might the phone not might not ring for a long time. I remember my roommates and I would be like it would be like a drought, and then it'd be like suddenly there were three guys on the radar. I'm like, what's that? Why don't we just what is this? You know, and then yeah. we'd be like in another drought. <laughs> so oh, the droughts. There's oh. lots of drought seasons. So if you can't relate, if you're listening, and you necessarily can't relate to longing to be married, you're longing for something. All of us. And Courtney and I got married in our 30s. And then we thought, I don't know if you thought, I certainly did. Well, when I decide I'm ready to, we're going to get off birth control and we'll have a baby next month. I mean, we'll get pregnant next month. And so we got married in, I met Jason and we won't go into, I mean, I met him. And as soon as I met him, the relationship wasn't like easy. For me, that wasn't the indicator. We don't have time to talk about all this, but I talked earlier about, I just had this sense that this wasn't it. I knew this guy wasn't it. But with Jason, there was, that was the thing that was tethering me to him was there's something about, I knew there was a connection and a spiritual connection. And I knew that we were um, meant to be together, even though our personalities were very different. Mm -hmm. I did. He was not the typical guy I dated. What expected. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you met John in Dallas. I met him in Dallas. We had mutual friends. And I had actually known who he was when I was at UT, but we never actually met. It was one of those kind oh, of Oh, but you knew who he oh, was. Uh, you know how we all know. Oh, we do. We know who's dating yeah. who, yeah. who that guy is. And he yeah. was so- I know what you're up to. Darling, dimples, tall, cute as can be. I knew who he was. But anyway, um, but fast forward many years, there were just multiple people who had kind of told him, hey, you should- Meet this girl Courtney in Dallas. So anyway, we we dated a little bit long distance, but then it, it we broke up. I mean, he was like, I just don't see it happening long distance, and it was like, was a, he in Houston? He was in Houston. Okay, and he was just like, I'm not going to be able to get to know you very well long distance. I just know myself. Like every time we're together, we're all like clean and shiny, and yeah, got our yeah. date personality on, and 
he's like, I need to hang out on a Tuesday afternoon when I've had a bad day. Yeah. Anyway, he was, he was very self-aware in that immature, but I was like, God just dangled the biggest carrot. Yeah. Was he your age? Are y'all the same age? Well, we are born in the same year. I'm nine months older. Mm-hmm. So it's good, John. Our, our our son, our, our boys think it's hilarious. Yeah. that I'm older. Yeah, I'm an older woman. So then it was all put on pause, and I thought I was going to be taking a ministry job in Dallas, and then that door closed unexpectedly, and then John was off the anyway, and then randomly, well, it wasn't random. It was providential, Laura. Of course, we don't it believe was. in random. That's right. And I found out about Grace Bible Church starting, and I knew our pastor. Uh-huh. Anyway, and yeah. it was just kind of a, because I, I too didn't have an interest in moving to Houston. Zero. Ugh. Nothing. Zip, I had zilch, family nada. here. Had a, had I grew up in the Dallas friend. area too. Yeah, right. No, not doing it. And then the the job came up. And then when I moved here, I mean, I let John know we were friends at the time. I was like, it's so weird, but I've got a job offer. And then he was he was on my front porch to help me move in. And then we got engaged like four months later. Ah, uh, and then I married three months later. Oh my! Yeah, it's fast, girl. It's fast. We did the two and a half year. I'm not sure is this really the oh, one. Like I had yeah. so many fear. Oh, it's just a nut job. I don't know how he. I don't know how he did it, but he did, and he's not getting away. So we we've, we've been married 20 years. You've been married. It's gonna be 17 in a couple of weeks. Okay. So I'm gonna we're gonna take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about our. In, we both have infertility waiting seasons. We'll touch on that, and then we're gonna really delve into some specific ways we found God in those hard seasons when we weren't looking for him. We'll be right back. Home is where the heart is or where the chaos is. (laughs) Jason and I moved into our home about three years ago and I still haven't finished decorating it. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but I do have some stuff on the walls, but I often daydream about our home. I want it to be bright and clean and a refined space but one where my family can also comfortably live. And that's where Oyster Creek Studios comes in. Oyster Creek Studios creates livable and elevated spaces for everyday life. They're a full service interior design studio furnishing homes from one room to an entire home. New construction, renovation, or a refresh just like I need. Oyster Studios has you covered. They are experts who are passionate about design and have a beautiful showroom in West University right in the heart of Houston. Learn more by visiting OysterCreekStudios.com. Okay, we're back. And we're talking about, Courtney got married how many years ago? We just said that. Almost, yeah, um, 17. 17, I've been married 20, almost 21. And when we got married, you were 33, I was 30. So neither of us were like, well, let's give it 10 years and then we'll start to try to have kids. We both knew the yeah. ovaries every day. It's like a clock ticking. And so you feel that too. So you leave one season of waiting is over. You feel some relief. And then I stepped into the season of hopeful motherhood, yes, thinking that would not be an issue. And then lo and behold, there it was. And so another season of waiting starts for us. Infertility was a five-year season. How long was it for you? Three. Three years. And it doesn't matter if it's 30 minutes or if it's five Mm -hmm. years or 10 Mm -hmm. years or 20 years. My parents waited 10. They struggled for 10 years before they had my brother. Mm -hmm. If you're in the camp of infertility, that's a really hard one to be in. It is so, it is so hard and so painful. And I think it is a, it is a parallel journey in my mind to singleness though, because I've, I always share that with women that are in the thick of either one, especially the ones that are in both, have been in both, because God calls both of those things good. Yeah. Like marriage is his institution. Mm-hmm. He calls right. it a good thing. Yeah. It's I'm a, not asking for a Corvette that I can't afford. Or the lottery. Right. Or know, the lot. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. And and also be fruitful and multiply. Like we're trying. We right. are really trying. <laughs> you know, but when, so when, when it seems that those things that God has called good and are his institutions, I mean, marriage and family and and that is not unfolding on the time that frame you think, that yeah. you think. It, it is, there's pain. It's disheartening. And it it, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about just that disappointment. Yes. And God, this isn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to grapple with that sincere hurt of the loss of time. You know, because you think the clock's ticking. I'm going to be on a walker and, and what, at their and again, graduation. Yes, because we will be. But anyway, Yeah, we really will be but, there. But the truth is, 
just the not knowing too. Like, Lord, show me, like, is it not going to happen? Right. Then then I can. Then let me heal up from this and move on. And shift course. Like Mm -hmm. maybe we'll just be those single, me not single, those married people with no kids that that, live in a high rise and drive motorcycles. Yeah. And then love it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, just just tell me the not knowing is so true. Um, do you want to get a motorcycle? No, one day? I don't. I can't weird. see you on a motorcycle. That was weird. I don't know. It's fun though. But travel. Maybe I say travel. That, that's it. Be the that's what that would be what I would do. I have travel. a uh, my dear friend growing up. She's she got married later too, and they chose not to have children and they travel and it looks glorious. I, I mean. That, that, yeah. Our, my desire was to have children. Courtney's desire was to have children. And I just remember we stopped taking birth control within six months of being Same. married. Same. Because, again, I was 30, soon to be 31. And I thought, I mean, I don't know. Let's just. And it was it was a difficult road that we won't necessarily get into today because the point is that it was just a season of waiting. Right. And many of you have seasons of waiting not related to either one of these, but you understand there's some commonalities in every season of waiting. It's the unexpected, like, when is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? The not knowing and the disappointment and the wrestling. wrestling. The wrestling. We I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. It is a wrestling with, with God. With God. Mm-hmm. It is. And you know what I want to say? Because this is what we're moving into. We each are going to share some specific ways we experience God in those wrestling seasons. But what I first want to say is it is right and good and okay to wrestle. Yeah. And I think if there's a misconception that you might have that a good Christian just simply smiles and says, it's okay, God's got it. It's like, that's not necessarily a picture of faith if it's not sincere. Right. And if you're, if you are wrestling and you're struggling and you're disappointed, if you look through the Psalms all throughout the scriptures, you see men and women take those pains to God right. and he met them there. Mm-hmm. And it's important to do that. So please don't buy into a lie that God wants you to exhibit faith in the sense that you never doubt and you never struggle and you're never really honest with him. He's not asking that of us. With that said, Courtney, give me an example when you were in kind of those hard, those are lonely seasons. Mm -hmm. And even if someone's walked a season of infertility, it's just not the same. Mine was not the same as yours. And so it's lonely. It is. Tell us, give us an example of when God showed up and you weren't looking for him. Well, much like that, how that I was reluctant to go to that singles yeah. group, swinging singles group. Um, the Lord opened a door for this prayer, infertility kind of prayer support group. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, like I would, that'd be, so, I mean, I'll, I'll probably show up and get pregnant right away. That would just be, make the, everybody feel so. At the group, you'll get pregnant or you'll just... <laughs> That was weird the way that so, came out. Somehow it's going to yeah, sprinkle some gonna, dust on you. Once I once I commit to it, I mean it just the, so yeah, dumb. The but you do. Think. I mean, honestly, it was just me trying to find an excuse exactly. not to go because I would have had to own the issue because there's so much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I know there could be some shame. Yeah. Attached to singleness or embarrassment or some discomfort, but there's shame and you feel like your body's broken, broken. and. I used to tell John, I was like, you just got a lemon. I'm sorry. Oh. I just, you know, like, I'm so sorry. And then what's been funny is we both have body. I mean, he's got old football injuries. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, a 70, 70 year old man body, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and anyway, but, you know, there's just that. There's yeah. that, that. But anyway, I, when I finally got to in, over myself which is the story of my life. Get over yourself for just a minute, Courtney. For a hot Courtney. minute. Um, and then I decided to go to that group, and it was a lifeline for me. Aww. Because all the, you know, women have a lot of words, and our husbands can only, you know, when they're going oh, through it, it 100%. is a different journey for them. They are not as expressive often. They are not going to be, you know, weepy every month. You know, right. and things right. are not going, whatever. Uh, and they're dealing with the disappointment of it. They want to, I mean, I know that Jason and John wanted to be dads so much too. Yeah. But that group gave me an outlet to be able to, we could talk easily mm-hmm. about, we could, you know, they would say, well, I've got this, you know, diagnosis. Yes, mm-hmm. me too. And anyway, there was just that, but, but it was, it wasn't just this sappy, sad, it was, let's bring all this to the Lord. Yeah. Let's bring this to so the Lord. Good. Here's a promise I'm clinging to. Here's this book that's been so helpful. Here's something that this is the way that God showed up. And, mm. and so it, it was very... Never did you think you'd be in that group? Never. But God never. knew you needed community? 
And the, 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 the thing that's so funny now about all that is I thought I was going to be the first one. I was the very last one. Really? To conceive in that group. The last just, one. Just by the obedient step of going to that group, you deserved <laughs> for God to open up that womb of yours. And then next day, you're going to find out you're pregnant. And, and there was a lot of lessons to learn. As, yeah. As, as, you know, as each one of those women celebrated the pregnancy. Oh, and then that Courtney. was just like a another hard a death, you know, to very bittersweet. Yes. Because you're genuinely grateful and happy for them. And then I always hated too when people knew I was struggling with infertility and, and they didn't want to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a struggle. I was like, please don't hide. Now I feel like a weirdo freak that you can't relate to with they're coming from a good place of just wanting to protect and not knowing how to deal. It's just weird it on is, all it is weird and it just is a it's a thing that I think only women can understand. Yes. Because you know. men, yeah, no. Jason's not dealing with it in and that not, way. And he's not going to baby shower. No. And he's not going to, Even know. when we were pregnant, he maybe came to one. Right, right. And he was yeah. like, uh, oh, let me just beep, load beep, the stuff beep. in the car yeah. and, and I'm out of here. Back it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember one time being, we were at a conference in Chicago and it was, um, we were probably four and a half years into the five-year journey, not knowing if it was going to be five years or 20 years or if ever we would we would have a baby. Um naturally. And I remember being, he was at the, some conference classes and I was in the hotel by myself. And I just remember having a complete meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, unexpectedly, I'd gone for a run and I remember coming back and I was so angry. And it was the first time I think I gave myself freedom to really be angry at God and to just express that pain and that hurt to him. Not necessarily shaking my fist like, God, you owe me but I'm just so done, Lord. And I didn't, I was, and I was angry at God. That's the truth. I was. He wasn't coming through in a way I wanted him to at the time. But I will say, I can't even describe it. He met me there just through the power of his Holy Spirit with a comfort and a sense of knowing his presence was with me. I can't describe it other than I just sensed a comfort that he, he had me and he was okay. I, I think that it's so important also in thinking about the ways that God meets you is that the the psalm the writers of the yep. psalms are so much more honest yeah. than we feel like we have license to be right. and i don't know what that is it's a disconnect or, or something and I, and i mean there's a there's an aspect of fearing god and we don't want to tell him what to do right but if we would just have more freedom in that pouring out and being like this is terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I, I I don't even know what to do. Right. I can't even think that of the next thing to do. I can't put on a smiley face mm-hmm. anymore. I can't go to that baby shower next mm-hmm. week. I I don't want to go to another doctor's appointment and hear some other, you know, d- bad, bad news. news. Uh huh. I don't want to get the call from the nurse that my blood count is low. Right. I don't want you know all of the, the things. But uh, I think he wants to hear mm-hmm. all of it. He is okay. Yeah. Hearing all of it. Yeah. And he wants to meet us there. But I think we have to get raw and honest yes. to, to get to that place. And maybe that's really was a breakthrough for you because it I was think it comforted you in that yeah. moment. Well, and what it did is it built my intimacy with God. Yes. It built my intimate connection with him. And so he moved out of my head and down to my heart a little bit more. And I was like, oh, I'm following. I'm in a relationship with God. I'm not just in a belief system called Christianity. That only happens to me in hard seasons of struggle. So that that was some good, good goodness that came out of that. Um, Waiting is not easy, Courtney. We're going to wrap up in just a little bit. I could talk to you all day. But what give us, is there anything else that you would tell someone if they're in a season of waiting or something that's been helpful for you? Well, a couple of things. One is I, I learned this recently, and so I didn't know it at the time, but this would be something I think helpful with somebody in a season of waiting, whatever it is, because like we're saying, the principles apply. Doesn't matter what you're waiting. That's if you're right. waiting for a wayward child to come back, mm-hmm. if you're waiting for your husband to get a job, I right. mean, that, I've, I've seen that happen. This, I mean, if you're waiting for just God to restore a relationship, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, but the Hebrew word for wait is to wrap or entwine oneself around. Mm, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. And isn't that so great to think, it's an active mm-hmm. holding on. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think he wants to meet our needs is as we wrap ourselves around him. And so, you know, the answers are found in God's word. And sometimes when we're in the thick of a trial, it's it's real hard to 
sometimes want to get into God's word. But in every season, we need to be in his word because even those times when we feel like we can't open scripture, it should already be there. So, so good. So when we're not in those seasons, you know, just dig deep yep. in, into the, yes. the the riches of his word. Get it in your mind. Get it in your head. And and um, and then you'll have it there ready for you. I mean, listen to, to draw on. Yes. Old hymns are so mm-hmm. good. I mean, to have things that you can play over in your mind that about the goodness of that, God. I was going to say and, that reminds you of who he is. Yes, because the ultimately when we are struggling the most, there is something that we are doubting about God's character. Absolutely. And so if we can can ask ourselves, I'm feeling these feelings, Lord, what is it that I'm doubting about your character? So you have to know his character to mm-hmm. begin with. You have to know all of his attributes. And I'm that's one of the resources that we have in our ministry is mm-hmm. about the character of God mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people have never learned right. that he's all powerful and mm-hmm. that he's all you know all present and that he's truth and he's love and he's sovereign and he's um faithful all those things mm-hmm. he's every one of those mm-hmm. things 100% of all those things right and so we have to have a balanced view of who God is he's not just love I mean he's also sovereign he's so also just he's also just right. he's also holy right. he's He's all of these things. And so if we have a balanced view and then we can ask ourselves, wait a minute, Lord, what am I doubting about your character mm-hmm. right now? And then you can trace it back mm-hmm. and then say, okay, Lord, show me in your word where you 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 can, you reveal your this aspect of your character mm-hmm. and then dig into that yeah. and be kind of strengthened again in believing in, the, in, in who God is. Yeah. I remember when I was walking <laughs> through this season, I really leaned heavily on Genesis really 11 through 16, 17, 18, with the story of Abraham and Sarah. And they were waiting on a child, Isaac. And God said, you are going to have a child. And they thought, well, that'd probably be next week. And it was 25 years later in the waiting. But every time Abraham would get weary in his waiting, he would go to God. And God would remind him, this is what I've said to you. This is who I am. This is Sarah in her waiting got tired and she grabbed control and she pulled Hagar Into and it. then it just That's a, a hot mess, mess started. Right. And so I'm always really careful when I'm in a season of waiting, I lean heavily on that segment of scripture because it, it saves me from myself, but it also reminds me I'm not the only one that's experienced this and that God is present and faithful. Well, and when you look at, isn't it all of the patriarch's wives? I think it's all of them that dealt with infertility. I think all of them did. I think so. I'm thinking through it. Sarah and Rachel. I think Rebecca. I think it's only mentioned just a little bit. Interesting, Courtney. I haven't. All of them. And then you have Hannah. Sweet Hannah. She's in Genesis, what, 16? Samuel. No, Hagar's 16. She's in Samuel. Never mind. I'm thinking Hagar and Hannah are the same. Hannah. I got mixed up. Hannah. Hannah. God bless Hannah and and Samuel. Samuel. And then think about John the Baptist, Elizabeth. In prison. But he was in prison going, wait. But, but his on. mom, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who didn't have a baby mm-hmm. until, you know, she was probably Sarah's age. Zachariah and Elizabeth, she was well past birth in years. And yeah. God said, oh, right. by the way. And so I think yeah, you're right. you there, you think, oh, this is such a hard problem. Where am I? I mean, the scripture is filled with examples of God, of these women who were godly. You know, mm-hmm. this is not some sort of a. Um, punishment. Punishment. No. And it's it's but left to our own devices and we look around at culture around us in our in the western world too it is like achieve success and climb and and pregnancy and children childbirth is no different than that. It's a form of success. And it is the control that you're just talking about about how Sarah yeah. tried to take control, which I think is a product of the fall. Yeah. I mean if you look at what Yeah. what you know, women especially, where we just think, I can, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this. I'm, I'm gonna. entitled. And I don't care if you do all kinds of assisted reproductive things. Mm-hmm. God is still the author of life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to be surrendered yeah. to, yeah. to and all of from from start to finish. Start it to finish. not, oh, I'll yeah. do this and then God will do that. And yeah. And so... Now, fast forward 100,000 years later, Courtney and I are both married and we do have children. And to say that it's all tied with a nice, tidy bow is not what we're trying to say because Mm -hmm. we know there's a lot of us out there that are waiting and our seasons of waiting, we're in the thick of it. And we don't know if it's going to end or change or if we will get that thing we're asking for. 
What we want to tell you is God is present in the waiting, and hopefully you've seen that today. Before we wrap up, Courtney, I always end with the same question. Give us an example, a tangible way you've experienced God in a way you weren't even looking for him just in the last week or so. I mean, there's, if we have eyes to see, right? right. That's I mean, the point. And that's a prayer. That's the point. And wake us up. Wake Lord. us up. Because it's not that you're not there. And it's also, you know, we're just so laser focused on whatever's disrupting our life uh-huh. right now because there's a lot of things. Yeah. But I mean, parenting right now is such a tangible proof of God, God's provision because, mm-hmm. you know, John is such a... I, I will say the Lord has blessed our marriage in that he we have a we have a relatively easy marriage. Mm-hmm. And I mean and I say that cuz he's so gracious with me. But let's 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 be honest. But, John is uber sweet and patient now. But but he, but, I but mean, he anyway, is, yeah. he, and he anyway. But I'm saying parenting. Yeah. Hello. I, I mean know. it is so humbling and humiliating <laughs> and uh, and it, it just talk about bringing it, bringing it to the end of yourself. And uh, so it's, it's a, it's a real opportunity for growth. It's a real opportunity every for day, growth. I tell every you. Day. So I think to answer your question, you know, anytime in just the Lord's kindness to allow my, one of my children to be able to articulate a spiritual truth just out of nowhere that, you know, because so often when we're talking about the Lord, you're like, is anything getting yeah. through? Or yeah. Just glazed over like, here she goes again talking about right. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but when they just look out the window and they see something and they say, oh my goodness, God made such and such. Or, mm. you know, or if they are going to bat for each other, if one of them takes up for the other, or if I see them being especially kind to each other. Because two boys, I've got two active boys. Yeah. And they're, they, you know, it's a five-year age difference. So you'd think, oh, yeah, that's big enough that they're going to be sweet. No, no, uh-uh. nope, it's not. Boys are boys. Yeah, they are. And they're competitive. Mm-hmm. And they're, and so just um, seeing whenever they put the other one first or mm-hmm. I don't know. So because we're always actively working on different things and you're like, nothing's getting through. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my goodness. Maybe they are going to be law abiding citizens. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe they are going to contribute. Yeah. We don't know. But that is that's a, and it also is a, it's a sweet um, gift for you as the mama. Not just to see God a gift to see them interacting kindly or, but for you of going, oh God, you've got my kids. Yes. You know? Yes. A hundred percent. And if it rests on me, oh man. Well, God's sovereignty is the theme of our stories. Yes. In in every way. In his goodness. Yeah. Yeah. His goodness and his faith. Well, I mean, and we could go on, right? But, Mm -hmm. But just seeing that we need to, like the scripture says, Cease striving and know that I'm God. You know, stop, s- cease. Yeah, end, stop, quit. Stop mm-hmm. trying to think you've got to figure all this out right now, mm. that you've got the best answer. Mm-hmm. We forget that God's ways are higher than ours mm-hmm. and his thoughts are higher than ours. You know, so just let me have this. Yeah. And I, and I every area, because I look area. back and if I could do those seasons of waiting over again, mm-hmm. I don't know that I wouldn't have escaped feeling the disappointment, the things I felt, but I would have hoped I would have, wouldn't have as wasted as many days longing and been more present. And that's hard for me though, the way I'm wired to be just to stay right there in the present because those were sweet. Those were sweet years. I know. And you don't want to miss out on the, you, almost what he's got bl- for you blinders there. Mm-hmm. On. But, you know, there was one other thing that I heard, um, Catherine Wolf, um, oh, who's so hopeheals.com. That's yes. her. Um, say, and I thought that this, this was really eye-opening, but she was just talking about how in other parts of the country where there's oftentimes a lot of persecution um, for Christians and a lot of really third world problems mm-hmm. that their, their first thing when things are really hard is to pray that God would help them to be faithful in it. Mm. And he, she was contrasting that to a Western mindset, which is in the, even in the Christian world, when yeah. something happens, we all get in our small group. We got to pray it How away. How do I overcome it? Yeah, pray it away. Pray it away. Pray to overcome it. Get around it. Get it gone. I need. I need the cancer gone. That's I need right. The marriage healed right away. I need all these things. And what a different lens. Yeah. 
And it's not that those that we don't pray no, for right. those. Yeah, but right, right. Is that the first thing? That's right. And so I would That's right, I would, Courtney. I would want to look back in 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 like singleness and in marriage, like, Lord, whatever, help me to remain faithful. Because if you if you're really anchored in if you're really settled in he's good, he's for me. He's going to provide all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Not one thing does he withhold from those who love him. So if you really, like back to your point, if we really believe and know and are anchored in scripture, then we can trust he's got it. He's not withholding from us. He's not an ogre that's, so if I really am anchored there in who God's character is, who his identity is, then I can pray those prayers to help me walk through this. Yes, yes. But if I'm not, then I become freaked out and I'm like, get this out of here. And Mm -hmm. because- I got to figure it out, and so yeah, and solving that's good. these things yes with on our in our own. I mean, I know as we wrap up, just thinking about, I'm so thankful for the man that God had for me and for you mm-hmm. because you know I would have never in a million years um, been able to have um, known or predicted what the Lord would have allowed us to walk in walk through in mm. in the years that we've been married. Um, I mean, there's been health issues. There's, I mean, you know, when Jack was born, we had a, a two heart mm-hmm. surgeries. Yeah, me and too. And then we ended up adopting, and we didn't mm-hmm. know that. And then John had kind of a work crisis. And then, I mean, three floods. Then your flood, yeah, yeah flooding. I mean, I mean, and we all have that. But I'm just saying, I would so want to take a precious girl who's willing to maybe compromise the spiritual maturity of a man because she just wants so much to get married, mm-hmm. and just say, let me tell you. You don't know what marriage is going to be like, and That's if you don't right. have a man that is anchored, That's right to Christ uh, good on Lord. his own. Good, yes, his not faith being, is his own. Anyway, it he, just, oh yeah, that could, that'll preach, Courtney. That'll preach. Well. Okay, my friend, we've gone too long. They're going to kick us out. <laughs> I could talk to Courtney forever. We'll have you back, and we'll talk about. I don't know, maybe. What what, what, what do you want to talk about? Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. We're going to talk about more. our new hair dye. Uh-huh, because I have, I have good highlights, uh, some highlights. You have really good highlights. Well, it's we'll talk about that later. Fierce these days. Yeah, because be we're old, y'all. Yep, yep that's all right. All right, Courtney, take care, my friend. We'll you. Uh, see you next time. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Oyster Creek Studios. Oyster Creek Studios designs livable and elevated spaces for everyday life. As a full-service interior design studio. Oyster Creek Studios is ready to design one room or an entire home. New construction, renovation, or just need a refresh? Oyster Creek Studios understands what it takes to make your home the home of your dreams. A home that's life-filled, bright, clean, and refined. Some call it livable luxury, but we just call it the OCS look. Learn more at OysterCreekStudios.com or visit their showroom in West University, right in the heart of Houston. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of It's Like This. And most importantly, though, I hope that you find it helpful in your own discovery of God. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. And to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Seifert Yes, which is L-A-U-R-A-S-E-I-F-E-R-T-Y-E-S. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.